Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, everybody. How are my peeps doing? Good morning. Control room at KPFT 90.1 FM. Good morning, Senor, Senor Howard Reynolds and El Senor Van Beber. How are my two favorite engineers doing this morning? Well, so far we're upright, Egberto. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Bro, how's it going, man? It's going great. It's going great. So to this morning, let's kind of get started by saying, folks, thank you so kindly for tuning in. Please remember that you can tune in not only on our airwaves, which means 90.1 FM, 90.1 FM, but you can also download the TuneIn program and get the Android or Apple app call again. Tune in. Go to the Apple Store or the the Android store, pick up TuneIn, and you can stream us directly from your cell phone. Likewise, you can go to kpft.org and listen live, streaming on our website, or you can watch us. Yes, you can watch the program like you're watching TV with all the videos, etc. at facebook.com slash kpfthouston. Again, that is facebook.com slash kpfthouston, or on the infamous famous youtube at politicsdoneright.tv politicsdoneright.tv uh, remember this is a call-in show as well give us a call we want to hear your voice this is your show give us a call at 713-526-5738 again that is 713-526-5738 you can email me you want to say egberto i like this i don't like this egberto why don't you cover this Anything that you need, you want, give me and drop me a line at kpft at politicsdoneright.com. kpft at politicsdoneright.com. I take care of my own email. I listen to what you guys have to say because, like I say continuously over and over again, this is your show. So what is the Van Beber's word of the day? I know Van Beber, every day he has a little insight that he wants to give us. So, Senor Van Beber, come up to the Good mic. Morning, Good morning, Egberto. Uh, Good morning. I was, I was thinking, you know, today, you know, last Saturday, June the 10th, AA turned 88 years old. And wow. I, I got a little, a little, uh, uh, it's from Kiakua, and it's Dr. Smith. Dr. Bob Smith and Bill Wilson's rule number 62. Mm-hmm. My ego is not my amigo, not hitting a grizzly bear. <clears throat> a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. And that's the message. Man, that's profound. Actually, that is profound. It actually speaks about doing things not just for self, but doing things for us all, doing things that benefit others. I love that. Where'd you say that? That what what is is that your phrase, somebody else's phrase that you're quoting? I, I didn't quite follow. 
No, it's it's a Greek proverb. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's uh, a meditation that's sent to some of my recovery friends, and uh-huh. it spoke to me. So I wanted to congratulate AA and all the people that help the alcoholic recover. I love that. You know, the, the one thing I always uh, talk about is, you know, caring for others. It's, it's not intrinsic to humanity or any form. You, it is something that you learn that is beneficial. Well, this is in my opinion. I ain't no psychologist, but I just look at it through the, my lens and the lens of what I've heard others say. And really, uh, you know, we have to learn to care about each other and do things that not necessarily we get benefit out of solely, but that others can get benefit out of as well. So I, I really... I really love that. And I think that's a hell of a message to give, especially in these times, my brother, especially in these times. That's a message that we all need to hear. Um, Anyhow, before I go on to the subject, any words of wisdom, uh, Brother Howard? Oh, none today. I think I left my wisdom at home. Oh, no, he left his wisdom at home. Anyhow, folks, look, the subject today, we, we got we got great stuff to cover, and I'm pretty sure Howard's wisdom is going to come progressively as we move on into the program. Anyway, uh, the title of the show today is, I, I scroll up, and by the way, folks, I want to remind all of you, you can, uh, at 5 in the morning, our newsletter automatically shoots out with what we're going to talk about on the show Sometimes we get to them all. Sometimes we get to them one. Sometimes we don't get to them at all, depending on whether you call and want to change the subject or not. But whatever the case is, you can always on you can always get to what the show was supposed to be that day by getting and downloading our newsletter, politicsunright.com slash newsletter. Today we have four subjects. And again, if we don't get to cover all four subjects, all the videos, all the text is in the uh, the text that covers the subjects. Not what I'm going to say, but the text that covers the subjects in that newsletter with the links to the videos, etc. that I made uh, previous to the show. Title of the show today is Corporations Admit Gouging. Christie slams Trump. Bolton says Trump extorts. Proud. Rowdy decimates the right. Uh Top U.S. companies admit to gouging. TikTok lawyer Christine Browdy, who I found I, a TikTok of her showed up in my in my um, uh, feed, and it was so profound. I found her and interviewed her for the program today because again, what she has to say will surprise many. I know for guys like Howard who studies humanity from all directions, he's going to say, "But you know, Egberto, I kind of knew that." But it's great to see the numbers. And Chris Christie was decimated by Trump on CNN. I don't know if you guys saw some of the clips, but I took out some of the most important clips there to put it out there as well. So anyhow, I want to start with the first subject being top U.S. companies admit to hiking prices to pad their profits. You know, one of the things in politics, right, if you take a look at how they attack Biden or attack Obama or even attack Bush or whatever, if prices are out of control, we attack these presidents as not creating the environment conducive to, to have uh, to, to keep stable prices and to have as full of employment as possible. Well, under since the epidemic has been over, we have seen employment, uh, but not only employment, but the increase in wages that have been that have exceeded what the inflation rate is. So companies 
They're doing so well that they are in a continuously hiring frenzy. I don't know if you've been to a restaurant lately and noticed that there are a lot of empty tables because and there's, there are lines outside waiting for pe- to seat people, but there are empty tables in the restaurant. And why is that again? Because they don't have enough employees. You go to stores, you, you find out there are not a lot of employees. And the idea they don't have a lot of employees because of two reasons. A lot of people are employed. We, are, we have the best employment picture in more than 50 years. And the other reason is that corporations are not paying the wages that, that make people want to come and work. So uh, people make the fiscal decisions in their lives, right? If I can make more money than staying home, that's what I do. If corporations can make more money than taking a government grant, they don't take the government grant, they go ahead and make the money. If they need the government grant to, to have a more profitable picture, that's what they do. It so happened that when people make that decision, they look at them and say, ah, oh, welfare queen or whatever. I tell you, sometimes taking welfare, and, and by the way, I've worked all my life, so I'm not saying this out of self anything, okay? Uh, but some people, based on what the market is going to pay them, meaning corporations are going to pay them, they make the calculated decision that if I have to go out to work, take a bus, uh, uh, put find daycare for my kids, X, Y, Z, it may be more advantageous for me to be on government assistance. And people say, oh, that's embarrassed. That is wrong, et cetera. Well, companies do it all the time, right? Corporations, rich people, they see, they, they look at their fiscal position and they say, if I do X, Y, Z, I can get a tax cut here. I can get a tax stipend there. But we make that not something that people are embarrassed about. When corporations get a check written by the U.S. government, we the people, corporations never get ex- ex- never get embarrassed. But when we the people, somebody says, "Well, if I if that ice cream if I go out and work for that ice cream shop for seven dollars and twenty five cents, my rent is eight hundred dollars a month." I know I have people that where the hell would you get a rent for eight hundred? But my rent is eight hundred dollars a month. I have to get the bus fare to get to that job. I have to find someone to take care of my kids, etc. By the time I'm done with that, I'm not making any money. I am just going to work because there's not a living wage being paid. But if I stay home, I can get XYZ in food stamps. I get can get XYZ food from the food bank. I can do all. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All these other things that, that cost me less. It's a fiscal decision that people make to do that. When we start looking at money, employment, and, and things. Now, I'm not talking about that lazy person that just wants to sit at the corner of the street with a bottle of rum. or, or so. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a family making a fiscal decision like corporations make a fiscal decision. Now, why am I bringing that up? Corporations have made a fiscal decision to, to, to constantly give price increases to share 
holders. The people who own stocks in companies are passive investors in a company. The workers for a company are active investors in a company. The financial papers won't say that way, but the workers of that company are active investors in that company. They invest their work, their worth, their intellect. They invest everything of their being into making that company successful. The executives of that company are the ones who work for the the shareholders who do in general, nothing for that company other than having bought a stock, a piece of paper that says when that company's uh, books ends at the end of the year, everything that they make in excess of the expenses to pay their workers, the price of their products, incidentals, it's mine in the form of a dividend or the, the cost or, or the price of the appreciation of that stock. Meaning if that stock, I bought it at $10 and it costs and, and people can buy it now for $20, that's mine, the investor. I do nothing for that work, but because I am the investor and we are a special class in this country, I will make money no matter what. Okay. Yeah, people will say, well, stock drops sometimes. I know, but the average direction of the market is about 7 to 8% growth every year. That's just how they've made it. They talk about it being the market. There ain't no market, but let's play the market game, okay? So that worker invested in that company is trying to sell their labor, but when there is a monopoly owned by a corporation, right, which is what we've always had, even in times when there's unemployment, as we'll see, uh, corporations continuously say, well, we'll pay the employee the least we can. We will buy the products from the vendor, from the farmer. You know, farmers have a tendency to be Republican. I always wonder why when the, the idea behind corporate, what corporations do is to minimize their cost, uh, minimize their costs and maximize their profits, which means when that, the, that farmer creates a bushel of corn, the idea is that corporations, the people that in general Republicans and corporate Democrats work for, what they do is they say, we are going to pay the least amount for that barrel of corn we can, shortchanging the farmers. Yet for some reason of psychological impairment, farmers have a tendency to say, Haha, we like the conservatives that they're doing good stuff for us. Okay? So now let, let's continue. So as it turns out, as it turns out, the folks who control the price that you are going to pay for something or what you are going to work for has very little to do with you and everything to do with the control the corporations have on this purported, what I call, mythical market. So what is the deal? Top U.S. companies admit to hiking prices to pad their profits. An analyst release, released Tuesday show, and this is from Common Dreams, an analysis released Tuesday shows that executives at some of the top publicly traded companies in the United States aren't exactly being coy about using their pricing power to hike costs for consumers and boost revenues and profits, which are then dished out to wealthy shareholders. So they see, ah, we can increase the prices and people are going to still buy, which means our shareholders make more money, which means more bonuses for our executives because they can, 
they can increase the price of eggs because you're going to still have to buy it. The progressive watchdog group Accountable US noted in the new report that some of the largest general consumer standard and poor 500 companies have admitted to benefiting from increased prices as their net profits increased year over year, and they rewarded shareholders with billions of dollars in handouts. Okay, let's stop from that paragraph and explain that. The corporate executives that figure out, let's tweak the price up a little higher, because if we tweak the price up a little higher, there are, that means billions of dollars as the millions of Americans buy eggs. That mean all that extra amount of money that the egg costs goes into the coffers of the shareholders and the executives. Remember, inflation is simply the increase in price from what it was before. Now, if the, if the raw material costs more, that price increase is justified because the shareholders in general, they'll still make a little bit of money, same amount of money. And the only increase in price is a fixed cost. That which if the eggs had cost more, then it's okay to increase the price in eggs. If the oil had cost more, then it is okay to increase the price of gasoline and, and, and petroleum products. But guess what, people? Even during the pandemic, the oil prices crashed. After the pandemic, the oil prices stabilized at a very low level, so much so that Saudi Arabia said they were taking a million barrels of oil, two million barrels of oil off the market earlier last year. And then they decided to take away another million that they just announced last week. Which tells you there's not, there should be no increase in prices in petroleum, gasoline, or anything. We're looking at a false market. The price that you're paying for gasoline is the price that the market will bear. In other words, we're going to stick it to you and you're going to buy it. And then it's going to be called inflation. And instead of us blaming the corporations who are doing the bad deed, who are ripping us off, who are taking that money and giving it to the shareholders and their own bonuses. We then say, look at what Biden has done. Look at what government has done. They play us for fools and we accept it. I'm giving you the info, my dear brothers and sisters, so that the next time you hear somebody says, look at the Biden economy, remind them that these things about the price increases have to do with what corporations are doing to us, not what government's doing to us, what corporations are doing to us willingly to make more money for their shareholders who are sitting their butts down doing something else while we work. It's the best, most, it's a most efficient form of what I call antiseptic slavery. Slavery used to be that of people who looked like me, who were out there just because of the, of the, of the melanin that I was decided to be born with. That used to determine slavery. Now it turns out that the corporate state has figured out a better way. We can make us all slaves, irrespective of pigmentation. But we just use pigmentation as a tool to create hate among people so that they don't realize they should be not hating each other, but hating us, the corporate state that's screwing us all. 
let's remember these topics, folks. Anyhow, continuing with the report. The report quotes directly from the executives of Kimberly Clark, PepsiCo, General Mills, Tyson Food, and other major U.S. companies. What's special about those things? You've been seeing your prices at the grocery store go skyrocket and you're getting mad. The government is allowing all these prices to go up. And no, 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 no. It is Kimberly Clark who sells, you know what? It is PepsiCo who sells drinks. It is General Mills who sell flour, bread, all these things. It is Tyson Foods who sell chicken and all these pork, all these things. It is all these major corporations saying, we are going to raise your prices, not because it costs us more. Because remember, in as much as we pay the employees a little bit more, we're still raising prices irrespective of our costs. It's not like the employment cost is a huge cost of your totality. It is not. Nelson Urdaneta, Kimberly Clark's chief financial officer, said during the company's earning call in April that pricing has continued to be the big driver behind one top line growth over the last three quarters. Notice again, he said the big driver of their price, of their, of their stocks increasing in value, of the shareholder value, is not from doing something new. It's not from creating something new. It's not from earning but simply from telling you Americans who are listening to me listening to me right now that we can sucker you and take your money that is what that statement just said i repeat i repeat urdaneta said during the company's earning call the earning calls is where the big shareholders called into a conference where every quarter the corporations say all right People who own us, people who bought shares in this corporations. Let me tell you what we're doing for you now. We have increased prices and going forward, your stock, you're going to get more money from us. And how are you going to get more money? Because they got to tell you what they're doing, right? And they're saying the big driver behind our top line growth over the last three quarters was increasing prices. I didn't say that. The government didn't say that. The chief financial officer of Kimberly Clark told his shareholders that we are increasing the prices. What is increasing prices called? Inflation. You know, you don't hear this on ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, and all these things. They don't quite tell you these things. They just say, oh, increasing prices. Inflation is this. Inflation is that. But inflation doesn't occur magically. Somebody had to increase the prices for some reason. And he is telling you, I am increasing prices so that I can take away the money of middle class and poor America and give it to you. That is what that is saying. I am taking away middle class worth, poor people's worth. And give it to, to you, not only their money, but their worth, because they have employees and those spoils, that increase in price is not going to the employees. It is going to you shareholders. We're ripping off the American shopper. We're ripping off the employees, but the executives and the shareholders are doing just fine. And we take it. You know why we take it? Most of the times, not because we're fools, not because we're gullible. It's because we just don't know. Well, I've just told you. The thing about it, though, is for this to make sense to the rest of America, you have to talk about it. You have to tell your brother, your sister, your mother, your daughter, and everybody else. That is how change is made 
in the world. That is how change is made in politics. Why do you think they keep us at each other's throat? Because if you are too busy hating on me, you can't sit down and understand how they're screwing you. You got you to gotta hate me, brother. Because if you have some reason to hate me, the, the, pe- the people in, that purportedly are in power, they can do anything to you. Continuing, the company which sells consumer products such as toilet paper and diapers saw its fiscal 2022 net income increase 6.3% year over year to nearly $2 billion and rewarded shareholders with a $1.7 billion in stock buybacks and dividends. Okay, so here's the deal. They increased prices by $2 billion, right? And then they give the shareholders $1.7 billion. People, you get it? That's your money going into, when they talk about wealth transfer and redistribution, we are not a redistribution country. Go work for your money. They just told you that they took your money and gave it to somebody living on the dole. It's thus that the dole this time isn't the government. The dole is, what again? You. You. They took your money and gave it to the rich folks who own the stocks in those companies. Some people are going to say, well, if you want to be a part of the deal, you can just go ahead and buy stocks. Well, you people are so stressed out that 56% of Americans, it used to be 78% of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck. Under Biden now, because of all the, the, the policies, it's now 56% of people living paycheck to paycheck. Still terrible, but that's what we have right? Elect another Republican, you can get back to 78% if you want because you won't get the services that government is trying to mitigate with support for kids and all these other things. All right. On Tyson's earnings call in February, Chief Financial Officer John Tyson hailed the significant pricing power of our portfolio. Pricing power means we can charge you whatever we want, and as such, we will make more money for you. That's what pricing power when they talk costs. With a year-to-year increase of 7.6%, here's what he says again. Significant pricing power of our portfolio with a year-over-year increase of 7.6%. Tyson stressed that the company will continue to support and grow the dividend for our shareholders. What what is he telling you? I'm going to keep gouging them because I'm going to keep increasing the amount of money that I'm giving to you. On Tyson's earning call, that's what he said. According to the accountable U.S., Tyson saw its net income increase from $3 billion in 2021 to $3.2 billion in 2022 and rewarded shareholders with a $1.35 billion in handouts, $652 million more than the previous year, including a 948% increase in stock buybacks. That's the story. The article is uh, much longer. I'm not going to go with the article anymore, but you get the gist of what I wanted to tell you about how our system works. Don't allow them to have you blaming those who don't deserve blame for the, for the cataclysmic pricing power that we've allowed these guys to have. Let's remember to put blame where blame belongs and to elect those Elect those who can make 
a difference. 713-526-5738. I have a 17-minute video to play you right now. Uh, this has, but you'll hear what it's about before. But before I, I jump there, I just want to go back to the control room to see if uh, my brother Howard has anything he wants to add. He usually have a few insightful comments to make. Howard. Yes, sir. Well, the inflation and the supply side economics started under Ronald Reagan. If you want to yes, know it did. where it all began, uh, Nixon was busily trying to, during his administration, to hold the line on wage price. So he came up with a wage price freeze. But after Ronald Reagan was elected, he just went, oh, well, we don't need that. And he also told the Federal Trade Commission and others to stop the enforcement of antitrust laws. Exactly. So now you have enormous corporations controlling everything. It's against the law. The Sherman Antitrust Act from the 1800s. Well, we don't need to enforce that. Let those companies buy up everything they want to. And now we have, what is it, five broadcasting companies across the United yes. States, darn near every radio station. Yes. And what do you got? Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. Junk. Howard, you just said something I hope most Americans realize. You made a very important statement. Welcome to the show, Eric. Uh, and when you spoke about uh, what Nixon did, Nixon is the only president that I can recall in, the, in, our, in our time that has attempted to tell corporations, no, you're not going to raise your prices anymore or you'll go to jail. He had something called a wage and price control. If we want to yes. stop inflation, we can stop it tomorrow if we want to as a society. But mm -hmm. any, anyhow, Howard, let me run and play this video. This one is, uh, this is interesting. I'm going to play it and then, uh, well, I talk about it in the video. So let me play this one and then we'll get back to our people. All right, folks, here we go with the first video of the day. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. We're honored today to have Kristen Browdy. She's a parent, an attorney at Browdy Law, a past chair of the National Trans Bar Association, a trustee of the $2.5 billion AFTRA retirement system, and a proud member of the woke mob. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Kristen Browdy, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Great. Let me tell you how I came upon you. I, I am one of those people who believe in getting information from the masses. That is how we really know how society is doing. So... Unlike most who want to ban Twitter and ban, uh, ban Facebook and TikTok, all of that, I think what we need to do is learn how to use these as tools and not make them scapegoats for the ills of society. Now, I came across, I, I guess maybe we think the same because somehow you appeared in my feed. And you did a piece, I think it was week 16 of a series that you started that I never heard of, that when I saw it made a hell of an impression on me. So I found a way to find you and ask you, and you so kindly accepted to be on Politics Done Right. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself first, and then we'll go into the videos that I'm talking about. Well, um, I'm an, a lawyer, a parent. I have two kids. So they're 19 and 23. Um, and... I'm obviously an out transgender woman uh, who lives in Miami, Florida now, uh, in the land that we call DeSantistan. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting time to be transgender in America. Uh, 
where I came from, New York, we had achieved great things. Uh, equality may not be the reality for people, but it's absolutely the law for everyone. Down here, they've moved in exactly the opposite direction. And for what reason? Well, you hear all the scare tactics. You hear the fear that's being peddled from the extreme right, frankly. And I thought, okay, how do we deal with this? Um, facts matter. I know that that's gone out of fashion since 2016, but facts do matter. And all the propaganda has been transgender people, drag queens. They're grooming children. They're hurting children. So I thought, let's look at who actually is hurting children. Kristen, I, I want to pause us here. I want to play that video that actually impressed me and I think will impress most. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. The numbers are as ugly as they are consistent. Yes, this is week 16 of who's making news for sex crimes involving children. We have 52 new cases and 11 of them, more than 20% involve pastors, priests, and other church officials. Specifically, five new pastors or youth pastors, four Catholic priests, a senior Baptist church official, and a Catholic school teacher, all making news this week for sex crimes involving children. Add to that, five five police officers, five school teachers or other school officials, six family friends or neighbors, and two family members, and those are our biggest groupings of people involved in reports of sex crimes involving children this week. But we cannot forget one more politician, the 12th in 16 weeks, and yes, another Republican. Ten of the 12 politicians in our reports of sex crimes involving children have been Republicans. Who has not been in our reports? That would be drag queens. In 566 cases over 16 weeks, not a single drag queen. 22% have been church employees, 14% of them pastors, the ones screeching loudest about the drag queens and transgender people. They're the most consistent offenders here, the pastors. Trans folk, again, none this week. And they've represented just three-tenths of 1% of the reports for the 566 cases. There have been two of them. For those who've asked, with the help of a terrific TikTok viewer, we're putting together a web page showing all the links, all the names, and a pie chart. That's in testing right now. We hope to have it up within a week or two. Okay, Kristen, um, that video blew my mind, but it's not that I didn't know that, but putting it in the manner in which you put it to show that we are barking up the wrong tree and that most of the people that are really a harm to children aren't the it's almost like these guys are projecting. Tell us a little bit about why you made that video, etc. Well, it started back in February when one of the people who I know down here in Florida politics said to me, have you seen this statistic? And it was for one week and there had been 17 arrests for crimes involving sex crimes against children. And of them, 14 were pastors. 14. And one was a pastor's wife. Um, I, I was frankly blown away by it. We've all heard of the Catholic Church scandals, the Mormon Church scandals, the Southern Baptist scandals. But those were historical scandals. And this was one week in February of this year. And I thought, okay, 
TikTok is, if anything, a great organizing tool. So I put together a short little TikTok about that. And I was stunned that within a couple of days, it had a million and a half views. That's the difference between Facebook and TikTok. TikTok actually reaches people. Um, Facebook used to. TikTok does. Um, so I got lots of requests. You got to do this every week. You got to do this every week. So I did the next week. And it was quickly over 2 million views. Like, okay, there's an interest in this subject. There's a thirst for this knowledge. Caveat. TikTok's algorithm takes you to people who are interested in the subject and tend to be on your side. The question was, how do you reach those who really need to hear this? Those who might be on the fence a little bit and hearing from politicians who, for whatever reason, they trust that transgender people and drag queens are the problem when they're not. So I continued it, and I thought, let's do a full year. Let's see what a year looks like, one report each week. And as we got on into it, people expressed more and more interest in the granular details. So we started tracking it more carefully, starting to make a record of the names and the towns and the states in which this was happening. And now 16 weeks in, we're building a robust database of who the offenders are. And what we found is that overwhelmingly, far out of disproportion, far, far disproportionately to their numbers in society, it's people who claim church affiliation as their employment. More than 20% of the offenders in the past 16 weeks that we have tracked have been pastors, youth pastors, priests, Mormon bishops, missionaries, religiously affiliated people, and people employed by churches. 20%. Well, the Bureau of Labor Statistics says there are 60,000 employed pastors in the United States. If you throw in the volunteers, because not all of them are paid employment, right. you get up to around 600,000. If you look at the number of transgender people in America, the estimates are anywhere from a half of 1% to 2% of the population. Let's use the lower bond, lower bound. Uh, one half percent, that would be over one and a half million. So of the one and a half million in 16 weeks, we found two accused offenders, no drag queens, as opposed to less than half that, really 40% of that number, the religious employed, producing 20%. So where's the problem? Where's the The answer is really clear. If you look at the statistics, it's not transgender people. It's not drag queens. There hasn't been a single one of them. But 20% employed by churches. There you are. You know, that is, that is so amazing. And it, it, that is important work that needs to be highlighted. Because the reality is, if you really care about children, if you are concerned about who is actually hurting children, the church more so than trans and having two trans. I, I wonder if you figured out if the two trans were pastors. 
They were not. But um, we've tracked those cases pretty carefully. And it looks like one of them, uh, a transgender man, probably, you know, from, from what little you see, is probably guilty. The other one is a daycare worker in Paducah, Kentucky, a trans woman who was accused of inappropriately change, uh, touching a child, inappropriately touching a child while changing its diaper. Well, I'm a parent. It's really hard to change a diaper of an infant without touching them in a way that could be considered. That's not to say you couldn't touch them inappropriately. Right, right. But, but we're going to have to see about that one. That one's more of an on-the-fence case. But either way, we reported it. We're not, we're not cherry-picking. We're not leaving anybody out. You've got those two out of the 566. And let's be clear here. This is nationwide. You didn't concentrate on Florida or New York or North Carolina or Texas. You you took up all the, the all the people that were convicted or, or, or accused nationally and Correct. created the database of, of all of all of the child molesters throughout the country. Now, here's the limitation. There are limitations in the data. Number one, we know that. All we see is those that make the news, news reports. We obviously don't see ones that are not reported by local news. And the news media, unfortunately, at the local level has been decimated by budget cuts. So it's possible that some cases are not getting to us. Number two, we're limited by Google search algorithms. And they're not always right on time. A small local paper in some small town in Iowa might not get picked up for a week or two. But, you know, you know, one other thing, Kristen, is you also know that the in, especially in these small towns, et cetera, it will be biased against, uh, you know, if you're seeing 20 percent evangelicals, uh, mm -hmm. you know that it's likely higher because there's a lot in, in many areas. There are a lot of hiding when the church is involved in doing certain things, when police officers are involved in doing certain things, and when all these people of power are involved in doing. So you know that your data is probably biased against, let's say, certain populations and, and, and favorable to others. Absolutely. It is an article of faith around here that if a, there were even the slightest hint of, tran of transgender involvement or drag queen involvement, it would be the lead of the story. Fox exactly. News would never stop yapping about it. Um, we'd know about that case instantly. But if it's a church member, if it's a police officer, sometimes those don't get, you know, they get swept under the rug. That's why you have scandals like the Catholic Church, where you only years later, are you hearing in various archdioceses across the country and around the world that hundreds of holy priests have been involved in thousands of incidents with no criminal charges? Well, let me tell you, uh, uh, first of all, thank you for that work that you're doing. We, we can never be more enlightened uh, than being enlightened. So um, it's, it's important what you're doing. Go ahead and give me a closer here. What would you like to tell these audiences uh, going forward? Two things. Number one, we are building a website so people can go through the data themselves. That should be up in a week or two uh, at whoismakingnews.com. We've reserved the name. The site isn't active yet. It will be in a week or two. It's still being built. Number two, when you hear politicians yelling about 
the danger of transgender people in bathrooms, in locker rooms, in proximity to children. The reality is that transgender people, if you, if you look at the number of transgender people who have committed crimes involving peeping, touching, anything in locker rooms or bathrooms in the past 50 years, remember, 1.5 million lower bound of transgender people in America. You know how many cases there are? Three. Three in 50 years. If you look at United States Congress people, there are 535 of them at any, any time. In the past 50 years, how many of them have had that problem? Over 11. So do you want 11 out of 535 or do you want three out of 1.5 million? Pick your odds. Who are you actually worried about? And if it's us, I think you're missing something. Well, let, let me tell you why I take, I, I, I know I said that's a closer, but I, I, you, you brought something up uh, too often in our society and me being a, a BIPOC, realizing how stats are skewed and made to hurt people. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, the racist, the homophobe, the, and the, the anti-trans and all these people, the average pop person in their population, I really don't blame them or hold them too accountable. I hold those accountable who are putting out that data yes. that allows these people to be ill-informed, to be misinformed. And in the work that I do, I try to be, I try to be reach, I try to reach, I try to go to the level of the racist. I try to go to the level of the homophobe. I try to go to the level of all these others understanding that it's not them, but those who are promoting the false information. And I think both you and I and others that are in this work, that is what we have to concentrate on, not the hate on those who hate us, but go. the hate on those who create those who hate us. Exactly right. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better. That's, that's exactly right. That's why I like Pacifica, because you won't hear that anywhere else. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Kristen Browdy, a parent, attorney at Browdy Law, and somebody we must all follow. We all right, folks. I hope uh, you like that. I, uh, <laughs> it took me a lot of kind of searching and, and corresponding to get to her, but I finally made it to her, and I couldn't have been more, uh, more happy because she had quite a bit to say. Anyhow, folks, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Um, while I wait for the first call, I have another video that I want you to uh, show. You know, uh, everybody is talking about Donald Trump and those who like Donald Trump kind of have uh, I, they, they willfully try to have blinders on. And even Christie, for the longest time, Governor Chris Christie, he was no different. But, you know, he's running for president. He wants to be president now. So he had to sort of tell some truths. And in him telling the truths, I think it's something that I would hope other folks that support him now will yield that support after listening to this man. Check it out. Chris Christie didn't mince his words. He knew exactly what he wanted to say, and item for item, both in the indictment and for what President, uh, former President Trump represented, he completely destroyed, annihilate 
the figment of imagination of what MAGA thought about their president. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. It is a very tight, very detailed, evidence laden uh, indictment. And the conduct in there is, is, is awful. I mean, put aside taking the documents in the first place. But then when you start getting asked, Anderson, in May of 21, nicely with a letter from the archivist saying, could you please give them back? And you ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. Then they come with a grand jury subpoena. And then according to the indictment, you tell your lawyers, tell them we don't have anything, even though you have dozens and dozens of boxes of material. Um, that's obstruction of justice, if it's true. This is vanity run amok, Anderson. Run amok. Ego run amok. And he is now going to put this country through this when we didn't have to go through it. I did this for seven years in New Jersey. We did 130 political corruption prosecutions without a loss. Um, what I can tell you for sure I know about that indictment is there's probably about a third of the evidence they actually have is in that indictment. There's a lot more. Uh, there will guaranteed be a lot more. When you're a prosecutor, you never put every card on the table before the trial. Um, and so there's going to be a lot more. A, Don't be fooled. There's a lot more information to come when they go to trial. Specifically, I think there are going to be a lot of witnesses who actually worked for Donald Trump who are now going to be testifying against him. You know him very well. Yes. Why do you think he did it? I mean, he couldn't, he cannot live with the fact that he lost to Joe Biden. He can't live with it. And look, I watched the way Joe Biden's performing. I'd be pretty bummed out too um, if I'd lost to Joe Biden. But the fact is he did. And he wants to continue to pretend he's president. He wants the trappings of the presidency around him. And I think one of those trappings is these documents. And we're in a situation where there are people in my own party who are blaming DOJ. How about blame him? He did it. He hasn't won a damn thing since 2016. Three-time loser. 2018, we lost the House. 2020, we lost the White House. We lost the United States Senate a couple of weeks later in 2021. And in 2022, we lost two more governorships, another Senate seat, and barely took the House of Representatives when Joe Biden had the most incompetent first two years I've ever seen in my life. Loser, loser, loser. There, look, Chris Christie made a few paw paws when he tried to claim some issues with, with Joe Biden. Look, I'm not a Joe Biden fan, but Joe Biden is orders of magnitudes better than any one of the Republicans that were running. And as far as the economy is concerned, based on the policies that the guy supported and passed, there's not one of them that would have done better for the economy or could do better for the economy because their philosophy... I went ahead and uh, uh, you can finish watching that video by going to the newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter, because I have calls and you guys take priority. So let's go ahead and go to Tory, line one. It's orders of magnitude better than eight. All right, let's go. Tory, how are you doing today, my brother? Good. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, ruminating on your earlier topic uh, about inflation and, you know, all my hats off to Howard. Very good comment. But just to rewind it a little bit, um, what's going on now uh, with inflation? You know, it started with uh, the COVID oil price spike. And uh, then Jerome Powell raised the interest rates. So this is about how uh, oil and interest rates uh, um, intersect. Uh, 
So uh, during Carter, there was what they called stagflation, and it was a sequence of events uh, very similar to what happened just now. Uh, and it started with a oil price spike when there was an Arab embargo against oil you know, under Jimmy Carter. Uh, inflation rates, you know, just went up very much. And then at the time, the uh, Fed chair, Paul Volcker, raised the interest rates to something near 20%. And this guy was even appointed by uh, Carter. But a lot of history folks think that uh, that interest rate spike by Paul Volcker was basically a, a hit piece, you know, to get rid of Carter. You know, they wanted to get rid of They wanted Reagan. They wanted all the promises. Of, this, uh, of course it was. Laissez-faire sort of economics and Ramsey kind of economics. Um, you know, the, the poor people support the rich people kind of economics. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, there's a parallel there between then and, and now with oil price spikes and raising interest rates. And uh, But at this point, you know, it's a mixed jury. Everybody doesn't, you know, every Republican doesn't want uh, Biden replaced by uh, Donald Trump at this point. So it's a mixed thing. But back then, you know, the Republicans were real solid. You know, they didn't want 20 seconds, Tory, because of my line filling up. 20 seconds. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Thank you, my brother. Good, very good commentary, sir. You're absolutely right. And and uh, about that, uh, w w about Car Carter and also uh, s s solidifying what uh, Harold, I mean, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's go ahead and go to Johnny and then we'll take it. Come on in, Johnny. Hey, uh, Egberto. <clears throat> good job as always. Uh, I think that this dovetails with that soundbite you played of Chris Christie. Uh, the corporate media in Manhattan, I blame a great, I put a great percentage of the responsibility for Donald Trump having occupied the White House for four years. And here's why. Because they, along with the leadership of both parties, could not stand the idea of a legitimate populist like Bernie Sanders. Twice in a row, they sabotaged his candidacy in favor of people like Donald Trump. So we, hit, we heard, going back to Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton was the first black president. Why? Because he played saxophone on Arsenio Hall for a minute or two? Likewise. <laughs> When they say the first president, the first former president to uh, add your ending, to be arrested, to be indicted, I'm sick and tired of that. It's time for us to push back on the mainstream corporate media in Manhattan and let them know we're sick and tired of them framing for us and foisting upon us. We did not put Donald Trump in the White House. They did. Thank they you very Johnny. Johnny, as usual. Okay, Johnny, as usual, great commentary. I got to go to Eric, but I appreciate you calling. I appreciate you listening. Absolutely great commentary. Um, thank you, buddy. Let's go to Eric now. I want everybody to get a chance. I was kind of long on my interview. Come on in, Eric. Eric, you're on. Yeah, Eric's gone. Oh, Eric's gone? Ah, well. Oh, no, here he is. Here he is. All right. Come on, Eric. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. 
Oh, very good. No, I, I'm actually right there with you when it came to old uh, Chris Christie. I mean, and I think we need what we need to start doing is start pointing out the irony because these it's gotten so bad, the bar's so low. They're going to have to start pointing out their own indiscretions, and then notice he has to throw in oh a few shots at Biden. That's pretty typical, but it's we all know what it is. It's let's just call it malarkey to you know sound sophisticated, but you know at the end of the day, if these guys really cared about that, it's great they're talking about it. All always have to encourage, you know what, they're at least admitting it. They don't believe it, but they're saying it in order to at least, you know, uh, drum up attention. But then now, hey, who's, whose policies or who's at least paying lip service to what they want? It's the people that are elected right now. Is it what we want necessarily? No, it's not. I mean, can they do better? Absolutely. On the other hand, you do you see uh, Rick Scott doing uh, what they claim they want to do? No, they want to uh, ban books and they want to uh, limit rights. So, and oh, and cut corporate taxes and fight with corporations, right? So, <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, let's let let's get serious. Absolutely. So, folks, I got two minutes. So, thank you so kindly for your call, Eric. Thank you so kindly for your insightful uh, commentary as well. Please keep listening. Keep keep. Please keep calling and share, share, share about the existence of KPFT both online and on air. Thank you so kindly, Eric. Anyhow, um, folks, folks, let me tell you, great calls today as usual. Um, I I want to thank you guys for listening to the program. I I have one ask. There are not a lot of stations out there that gives, gives you the unadulterated truth, that gives you the time of day, that makes you a part of what they do, that listens to what you have to say, and that is KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org. Please tell people about us. Please continue to listen to us. Please continue to support us. That is how we make a change in our country, in our city, in our state, etc. None of this can happen without you. Uh, you have much more power than you think. I started the show with the inflation story. We have power with the inflation story. We can band together to penalize companies. There are a lot of things we can do if we work together and stop working apart. If we see the commonality among us and not the false differences because there ain't really too much differences. I can tell you that out of reality. So let's stick together. Let's get things done. Let's work together. That's how we're going to make a change. I want to thank Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Beber in the, in the control room. Uh, give me a, a five seconds at each of you, my brothers. How, Howard? Have a great day, Egberto, and the world too. And Jack. Happy birthday, 88 years, Alcoholics Anonymous. All right. Happy birthday, Alcoholics Anonymous. My name is Egberto Willis. I thank Dr. Van Beber and Dr. Howard in the studio. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know 
is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.